Say hello to a new friend on an old road. Take a two-lane trip of memories into mysteries unknown. Come along for the ride. Jim Hinckley's America. Jim Hinckley's America. Hey, good morning, Keith, and everyone that's listening this morning, and everyone who will be uh, catching this program at a later time as we do archive the uh, live program. Glad you could join us this morning. We're going to continue with uh, our road trip inspiration, sharing a bit of a bit of the Heartland tour. I hope that uh, is acceptable. Thought you might like that. Uh, you know, anybody who knows me knows that I am not a fan of the interstate highway. Uh, it's a necessary evil, if you will. But like the song from our theme song from Joe Woody and the boys, the road crew says, come along for the ride and we try not to do much of the ride on the interstate highway. In the modern era, yeah, if you're going to make time, you got to take the interstate. And uh, uh, if you take the back roads, you've got to be prepared. You may not always find services. That's okay. It's all part of the adventure. And, you know, I'm old enough to remember in the pre-interstate highway era, Sometimes when you travel in rural areas, it was difficult to even find a gas station open on Sundays. Well, on this particular trip, uh, Route 66 is our primary. You know, that's where what we generally do. We, we, uh, I can't count how many times, but Route 66 is a hinge pin. It's a foundation for Jim Hinckley's American road trip inspiration. And, uh, you know, making stops, places like Tucumcari, New Mexico and whatnot. Always enjoyable, but on this trip, I had some other side trips to make. I shared last week a little bit of our troubles in uh, Russellville, Arkansas, but not all was bad. I uh, discovered the little village of Pocahontas, Arkansas, and good morning, Maggie. Uh, it's uh, Pocahontas, Arkansas. Well, you know what? And food's a big part of my trip. Anybody who's seen me knows that I like to eat. We found Don's Steakhouse for lunch in uh, Pocahontas, and it was a real, real treat. Uh, they had a great lunch special. They're located at uh, 1511 Market Drive, which is uh, just right there at Highway 67, just before the Black River. Uh, had a tremendous lunch there, a lunch special with uh, fresh catfish, Grilled, uh, grilled the uh, black pepper catfish, and hush puppies with coleslaw. God bless, was that a great lunch? That's the kind of stuff we like to eat. Uh, one of the great discoveries that I made on this trip, taking a side trip, we had left Pontiac, Illinois, uh, uh, early in the morning, Sunday morning, and our destination was Cuba, Missouri. 
rather than hassle with St. Louis, a lot of road construction last time I went through and I, I followed up and they're still doing some bridge construction. And even on a Sunday, Oh gosh. I joke about it, but there's a degree of seriousness in it. I, I feel kind of claustrophobic in any place that has more than three stoplights. So St. Louis has got some great and interesting neighborhoods and districts. The Forest Park area with its museums, uh, the Del Mar Loop district, I enjoy those places immensely. But I decided this time to take a little bit of a side trip. And uh, so we ended up going to wander over to uh, Hannibal, Missouri, across the river there, work our way over to Highway 19, and then continue south down and with a game plan to be to make it to our uh, evening meeting in Cuba. Well, along the way, I stumbled into this little place at the junction of Highway 24 and Highway 67, Rushville, Illinois. Gosh darn it! What what an interesting uh, <laughs> what a, what a just a fascinating town. I got one one example of what made it neat. The Rushville Times. This little newspaper has been in business since 1848, and apparently they've been operating from the same offices since the. Uh, I believe it's 1896, as I recall. And their, their publishing offices are in the same offices they've had since 1846. But this little county paper has been in business since 1848. Quite astounding. A beautiful, beautiful little downtown square. Unlike a lot of communities where the courthouse is the center of the square, the courthouse was on the northeast corner, northwest corner. A nice little courthouse built sometime late 19th century. Uh, I Once again, food. We were on the road and it was uh, lunchtime, so we were looking for a little place to eat, and we found the Southside Cafe. Absolutely delightful. Delightful, delightful, delightful. Everybody had gotten together there. Apparently it was a favorite in town for Sunday after church, lunch and brunch. The building itself is a huge building on the square. It was a 1879 opera house. Uh, the, the restaurant was in what had been a hardware store for over a hundred years. And uh, they had kept all the oak cabinetry along the walls. Food was excellent. It was nice to just listen to the locals and visit. Had a great view of the square with the fall leaves, little gazebo. But my surprises weren't over yet. I cannot resist uh, a good theater marquee. And uh, we were getting in the truck, pulling out of the square to leave. And I noticed kind of hidden down about three blocks down the street, this, this old theater marquee. Uh, my only regret in this whole story is that I had a meeting to get to in Cuba, Missouri. So my time was very limited. Uh, I was taking pictures of the Princess Theater that opened in 1916. And uh, the gentleman came out and started talking to me. First, he was real friendly. He asked if I was, uh, his name was Chris Tron, And he was asking if I needed help or needed directions. And uh, told him, no, I says, I just was admiring his beautiful theater marquee. 
And he says, well, come in, come in, come in. You got to see what we've got here. Now, this is not a movie palace by any stretch. You know, the crystal chandeliers and all that. It was a simple farming town theater. But get this. Not only was it opened in 1916, it had been one family owned for 104 years. Uh, Chris was a uh, former airline pilot, had taken over the theater, had it digitized, and a couple upgrades made. But the last major remodel of this theater was 1930. Uh, the marquee, the lobby, everything was 1930. I, I, it was just, just wonderful. And I just wished I would have had more time. We're going to be talking uh, with Chris. Uh, I've sent him an email, and I hope to get him on the program. I want to talk to him about Rushville and the theater. Uh it was really neat. And right across the street from the theater was an old, you could see it used to be a, a garage, one of the type of garages that are on, uh, and gas stations that are on the corner uh, that were, had been built in the 1920s with a kind of diagonal pull-in gas station under the roof and then the garage beside it. And uh, the capstone said 1926. Even better, on the corners was little stones with Ford script. This had been a Ford garage and dealership that had opened in 1926. The entire town just intrigued me, no end. But unfortunately, I had a schedule to keep, so I had to cut the visit a bit short. But uh, the theater was just, I, I just the little details from 1930. For example, uh, over the restroom doors, there was a, a small frosted glass clamshell light. And it was etched with ladies and men, depending on which restroom. Just intricate little touches. Fascinating, fascinating little town. I will be returning, and we will be talking more about Rushville, Illinois. Uh, great to see those kind of places. And I have talked a lot about, uh, uh, you know, Pontiac, Illinois. Pontiac is a great town, don't get me wrong. But this one, this one had not been refurbished. It was just, it had never died. Most intriguing. Uh, then we wandered down Highway 19, and, you know, I get a little frustrated. I have to laugh at myself uh, because I get frustrated on these little backcountry two-lane roads with, tra with traffic, especially trucks, which is one reason I try to avoid the interstate. But, you know, that's what travel was. When people talk about Route 66 with this fond nostalgia, they forget that that road was often an absolute nightmare to drive because of traffic and no shoulders and twisty mountain roads. But that's where you find things. Another place that got my interest, I'd been hearing a lot about it. Somehow I had never been there. Uh, did a cursory exp exploration and I will return. We were heading south on Highway 19 and we crossed the Missouri River uh, at Herman, Missouri. Oh, my, my, my. Another fascinating town that is apparently at the heart of the Missouri wine country. And what I saw in my little 45-minute wander just really piqued my interest no end. Another, another great discovery. Uh, on the return trip, I, was, I, I did some uh, checking. And I hate the, the, the Turner Turnpike in Missouri or Oklahoma bothers me and i can do i do pretty well in tulsa oklahoma city 
road construction traffic had gotten uh, frustrating. We had came through on our way east. So I charted a different course, something I hadn't done in many, many years. We hugged the, uh, we, we caught up uh, with Route 66 through uh, Lebanon, Springerville, uh, uh, Springfield, and then Joplin, and into Baxter Springs, Kansas. And then we continued west, hugging the uh, Oklahoma-Kansas border, Highway 166 and whatnot, uh, through Coffeyville and, and on to Arkansas City. And then uh, the next day we dropped down and drove through the uh, Oklahoma and Texas panhandle. You know, that's a hard scrabble area. That was the heart of the Dust Bowl. And uh, most of the little towns out there, I don't think, have ever recovered from the Great Depression. And years ago, when I used to drive trucks through that country, the towns were uh, pretty faded. But I was really shocked to see how empty it has gotten out there in the plains. Town after town, the old general stores, the old business districts, they've been closed for decades. But now even the little mini marts on the edges of town are boarded up and closed. And I don't know what people do for services out that way, but uh, kind of sad. The Flint Hills of Kansas, if you get a chance to drive that uh, area from Coffeyville West out through the Flint Hills, you know, anybody who thinks that uh, Kansas is a flatland, no, no, no. Beautiful country. And since we've been talking food so much on today's program, we have one more discovery to share with you. Alva, Oklahoma, kind of a bustling little town out there. We found a place called the Vanilla Bean. I'll be posting some pictures on that on our Instagram account and uh, do a little web blog post on the website at Jim Hinckley's America. Uh, really, really a nice eclectic little restaurant. Had a small bakery. Uh, they did everything on site uh, except for the cheesecake, which was very good. But uh, all their breads and everything they make on site. And it was an excellent soup and uh, wonderful breads. Nice, nice little restaurant. The Vanilla Bean in Alva, Oklahoma. And then I did a little bit of a photography trip around uh, Nera Vista, New Mexico. This is an old town uh, that is, I, I would classify it now as a true ghost town. It, it did pretty well up until, oh, the last dozen years. But even the Western Star Motel now is closed and makes for some picturesque photography. Lots and lots of ruins. This is on Highway 54, just after you cross the uh, uh, Texas-New Mexico line heading down towards Tucumcari. And then we spent uh, a bit of time in Tucumcari visiting with everybody there. Check out the website, visit Tucumcari.com, uh, com. You know, uh, yeah, people think of Tucumcari, especially Route 66 folks, they get to thinking about the Blue Swallow, which they should, and Roadrunner Lodge and Motel Safari. But there's a lot more to offer. There's a whole different, a whole district off Route 66, the original heart of the city down towards the depot. And uh, it's wore down at the heel, but it's coming back to life. Lots of good stuff there, including a theater that opened in 1935, still in operation. 
Uh, the trip was pretty good overall, but I made lots and lots of discoveries. Lots of places we're going to have to go back to. And I sure want to encourage everybody, you know, uh, if your schedule allows and you have the time, take some of these back roads, the side roads. I think it was Charles Corral, to, to paraphrase, he said the interstate highway may, has made it possible to drive coast to coast and see absolutely nothing. And I, I can't argue. You know, it, it's, it's nice, it's great, but it's all generic. All these little fast food places and motels, chain motels nestled around the exits. It's really generic. But you get on the back roads through the little faded towns like Nara Vista, and you discover places like the Vanilla Bean and Don Steakhouse and Pocahontas. You know, that's what makes a trip really, really special. Uh, if you're looking for a great Christmas present, something special, uh, don't know how long they're going to last. I signed a bunch of them for them at a book signing. I signed everything they had in inventory at the uh, Route 66 Museum in Pontiac, Illinois. The gift shop home again on 66 in the museum has a big uh, collection of my books all signed and ready to go. Uh, Pulaski County Tourism Office, they have some of my books all signed and ready to go. Mojave Museum of History and Arts. Uh, of course, the Wagon Wheel Motel in Cuba, Missouri. They have a, quite a gift shop, and a, they have a large uh, bookstore. And I made sure before I left that every book in their inventory had, a, had been defaced with a signature. And uh, I uh, yesterday I was up in Oatman, and I signed books at uh, Fast Fannies and Jackass Junction. And then before I left, I made sure that both stores uh, all the books in their inventory were, were autographed. Yes, I agree with you. I always take the road less traveled myself unless I'm really hard-pressed for time. And you can't be hard-pressed for time and drive up to Oatman. Anybody who's familiar with that drive knows what I mean. It, that uh, yeah, That's quite, quite the highway adventure. Well, we are set up for call-ins or text messages. And... Uh, if you have any questions, let's let's uh, you know. Let's say this is an interactive program. Go ahead and give me a call here, uh, or if you have any questions, ideas, suggestions, I'd sure like to hear them. So, uh, anybody out there want to chime in a little bit on what we've been talking about this morning, or uh, you have some suggestions? Because uh, I like to tell people where to go, but I also like to listen to other people and see what they what recommendations they've got about where to go. Yes, sir. Hey, Jim. Yeah, I live in a state that has a lot of uh, ghost towns in it. And like I said in the comment, I take the road less traveled. I see so many things that you don't find in a travel literature. No, no, you don't. Uh, what petroglyphs? I, I've actually found petroglyphs up here. Where I'm do up you in live, Montana. sir? Oh, in Montana. Montana. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you see things. I take people and uh, that come visit me, and I'll take them out for the first time to show them areas, and it's like they're amazed at what I found out there that they won't see anywhere, you know, you can't find it on Google earth unless you know what you're looking for. Yeah. And I just happened to run across it. I mean, I got four 
ghost towns around me. And I mean, we're talking ghost towns. It might be five people living in the town. <laughs> you you got to have. It's basically completely ran down except for the houses they're living in. You got to have a small population. You got to have a small population or the places get terribly vandalized. And yeah. uh, the last few years, the last five to be specific, I am shocked and disgusted by how, and, and not not kids, people that should know better, vandalizing some of these sites, and the graffiti has become an absolute plague. Well, here the gra- graffiti isn't bad. It's just that the that people moved out when the interstates moved in here. They moved yeah. out, went to the big cities around me. And, uh, you know, the, the places have, have literally weathered down to almost nothing. I mean, I've been in places here that still have old log cabins from when they first started settling this area. And I've yeah. worked on some of them for people, too. You know, but uh, you have a lot of things out there that people just don't want to take the time or they think they're pressed for time, but they miss some of the jewels. I mean, I, I've seen cars from the 1920s setting in uh fields next to cabins that have trees growing through them yeah (laughs) completely overtaking the place but you see some of the classic cars that didn't rust out because of the fact that it's so dry up here but you know people say oh i want to go to the to the national park i said well the national parks that same thing we have around here is just not so many people in them, you know, yeah. you just got to be able to get out there and find the stuff. You know, that, that you uh, know. this Oklahoma panhandle, I hadn't been through that country in a long time, uh, highway 64, highway 274, 12, and uh, out through the Rita Blanca national grasslands. Uh, it's out in a Boyce city in Guymon, Oklahoma. And I was really, these towns, they were, ne- they were never big. But the Great Depression, the Dust Bowl, really took them down a notch. And now, well, the young people have gone on to other opportunities. And uh, most of these towns like Buffalo and Freedom and Cherokee, Beaver, Turpin, Hooker, there's really literally nothing left. I mean, they are just one big empty. I I have a couple of towns here. One of them just south of me about 20 miles. They, they were all farming towns at one time where people done all their trading and stuff because the the interstate system didn't come in here till the 70s but some of these places they've moved uh, a lot of the people out of them basically for convenience and uh you go in there and you know like one up north of me custer which is on the interstate has maybe three businesses in it and most of the houses that or in the town are completely run down except for maybe a dozen. And they're basically farmers in just right outside of town there. And I'm talking about, you know, this place, maybe it's a quarter mile (laughs) in diameter, (laughs) but all the farms around it are still around and the old houses and stuff are still being used and remodeled. But there's one town just south of me called St. Xavier, it was a farm town and it had one of the old, it still stands, one of the old concrete gas stations that has a cover over the pumps. 
you know you have a oh. basically a porch right outside the door and it's a it's a, a pretty much a little jewel there and people have built houses in there recently within the last probably 40 years but they went dilapidated you can tell by their design when when they were pretty much built there's but you there's... get off in these little towns and you find them all over the place and some places you go in there there's nobody there nobody left uh, they all left out and gone to better jobs or gone to a different place to retire uh, a lot of the ranches here the people say i'm not working ranch you know the daddy died i'm selling it off and out of country people get it like we have one giant ranch up here that an argentinian bought it because the kids didn't want to work it and it's uh around a hundred thousand acre ranch yeah and uh they left you know a lot of the kids around here have moved out and their families are sitting on the farms getting ready to basically die i mean the old people are still there but the family wants nothing to do with the farms no. and it's kind of tragic but on the other hand uh i find a lot of these things while i'm prospecting no. and uh some of these places here some of the old guys back in the day back in the 60s and 70s they had core samples done on their ground they you know basically drilled to see what was in it and some of these ranches will go for as much as fifty thousand dollars an acre and some of them won't sell their property they said i'm not selling it i'm waiting because they've core sampled and found out that their their land is super super rich in minerals like well, gold I and silver I want to thank you for calling in today. And I guess, you know, what we'll do is we'll have to do a program about uh, Montana in the future, but it looks like we're almost out of time here this morning and uh, got a, a couple things that uh, I'd like to finish up with, but I want to thank you for hollering at us from Montana and Montana is one of those great overlooked places. Uh, we're going to wrap this up this morning and uh, kind of well, running out of quickly, time. Quickly. Yes, I wanted sir. to say, Montana is known as the treasure state for a reason. Yes. <laughs> uh, the only problem I Thanks had with Montana. On. Oh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Take care, sir. You know, uh, that's the kind of thing, you know, this is an interactive program. And he mentioned these gas stations, these old porticos uh, over the station pumps. There's a really interesting one I found a couple of years ago between uh, San Juan, New Mexico, and uh, Tucumcari on the old alignment of Route 66. And the portico has collapsed. Where, uh, uh, and what they had done is taken old oil cans and beat them flat and used them as shingles. They'd covered the whole roof of that portico with uh, uh, oil cans. Do we have any other questions I can answer for you about today's program, about uh, hush puppies, catfish? good food, uh, small towns. If not, I would really, really like to thank everybody who for joining us this morning and uh, invite your friends. We'll do this again next week, next Sunday morning, seven o'clock. We uh, do a bit more gum beating, share some more stories and uh, a little bit of fun. See if we can inspire a road trip or two. Don't forget, uh, 
Car Talk from the Main Street of America. Should have that up tomorrow. Have another great podcast for you going there. Got some other projects in the works. And uh, we'll be doing a story about our trip to Oatman yesterday real soon. But uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us. And I, I like I say, uh, I hope this encourages you to get out and do a bit of exploring. And uh, thank you. Wrap this up and bid adios. And we will uh, continue our discussion. Uh, send me some notes, some ideas. Check out the website, Jim Hinckley's America. And uh, we'll have this archived there. And we'll have some more road trip stories to share with you. I've got uh, all kinds of travel planning information on the website. And I'm working on adding a recommended podcast. I've got recommended blogs. Lodging recommendations, See restaurant recommendations. Friend. Take a gander. On an old road. Take a two-lane trip of memory. My friends, you I hope you have a great week. Until we meet again. Come along. Fire can deals. <coughs> Jim Hinkley's America. Jim Hinkley's America. music there from Joe and Woody and the boys of the road crew roadcrew66.com take a gander at their music see if you're not inspired <laughs>